Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for October 22nd, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jack Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Wanting More from God. Because of the unusual climax of this morning's text, all week long I have had to resist the urge to spend too much time and an inappropriate amount of sophomoric pulpit humor talking about the backside of God. But I just can't get Forrest Gump out of my mind. I'm thinking of that scene, amazing for its cinematography, where the clumsy Gump stands superimposed over actual footage of Lyndon Baines Johnson and appears to shake hands with the former president, who was obviously long dead before the movie was made. In that cleverly crafted conversation, President Johnson commends Gump for his bravery and service, and as he appears to be pinning an award on the shirt worn by Oscar-winning actor Tom Hanks, the president says, America owes you a debt of gratitude, son. Now I understand that you were wounded. Where were you hit? And Forrest says, as only Forrest Gump could, in the buttocks, sir. (laughs) At which point he bends over and drops his drawers to show the commander-in-chief his million-dollar wound. Well, this text from the pen of an ancient Jewish philosopher theologian literally does say the backside of God, which presumably would include that most comically tortured part of our anatomy. But the point of the text is not crass humor. No, I believe the message is intended as far more than some kind of mildly off-color ancient comic relief. Our Wednesday night fellowship supper program features three options for adult study and discussion together. I'd love to encourage each of you to give Wednesdays a try. It's great intergenerational fellowship, and you might even go away renewed for the rest of the week, which is the point. As I usually do for the group that I lead, I am leading a book study, and we're looking at the last book written by the late theologian Marcus Borg. His text is an encouragement to progressive thinking people to find in Christianity a religion that still makes sense in the 21st century. But Marcus Borg does not even pretend it should be easy. He offers no trite platitudes, you know, everything happens for a reason. There is no prosperity gospel in his words, God wants to bless you. And there are no easy assumptions about life's most difficult problems because the Bible says so. No, for Marcus Borg, the whole spiritual framework is immersed in deep philosophy. As to the very existence of God, Borg says the question of God's existence is no longer about whether there is another being in addition to the universe. Rather, the question becomes, what is isness? What is what is? What is reality? Is there a more to our world? Now, I know that's deep stuff, 
And I know that some of you just started rolling your eyes again, scoffing at Russ for boring you with yet another of his crazy forays into some kind of theological intellectualism. I know. But as I read a text like this, I think there really can only be two ways to hear it. Maybe this is a literal story. If that's the case, we can accept the story on blind faith and not ask any questions about it. Or we, whose technological existence is light years beyond the first century, we can dismiss such a text as a bunch of tribal superstition, anachronistic religious hogwash, good for nothing but, to, but some bad jokes about God mooning one of the founders of the faith. There are two options if this is a literal story. Maybe that's what the text is about. The being called God literally appearing before Moses, so wholly other that the only thing Moses could bear to see was the divine hindquarters. Maybe. Maybe that's all the pre-scientific, pre-critical backwater theologians of ancient Israel had in mind. And maybe not. Maybe this story from almost 3,000 years ago is deep philosophy, critical thinking, theology. Maybe the best thinkers of the world's religions of every age have never been shallow or superstitious. Maybe trying to find God has always required deep commitment and disciplined thinking. Maybe if you really want to know God, you will have to work at it. You will have to persist. You will have to demand a lot of God. And maybe, ultimately, you will have to be satisfied with mystery. Maybe faith is not easy answers. Maybe faith is learning to be satisfied with life's deepest questions without ever fully knowing. Could we really call it faith if it were more certain than that? Hebrews calls faith the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You want to see God's face? Moses did. And that great man of God, that mythic father of generations of the faithful, even Moses only got a glimpse after God was gone. There was a progression in Moses' journey the progression of his faith is summarized in this clouded mountaintop conversation with Yahweh that Amy just read to you, and it is a journey that you and I can learn from. Show me your ways, Moses says first. Moses begins with the ethical, the practical, the tangible. Show me how to live. Show me how to love. Show me how to treat people equitably. Show me how to forgive. Show me how to do justice. Show me how to love mercy. Show me your ways. It is the right place to begin. It is what church is all about. Coming together to try to understand the love of God and the way of Jesus. Maybe the love of God through the way of Jesus. It is where Moses begins but it's just a beginning. 
When he has learned the way, Moses says, now show me your face. The word translated presence is actually the Hebrew word for face. If your presence, your face, will not go with us, Moses says, well, don't even bother carrying me down off this mountain. Don't even bother carrying us out of the wilderness. We can't do it without your presence. Now there's a powerful sermon about American exceptionalism hidden in this text. What will make America great for the first time? America or Germany or Italy, China or Venezuela or North Korea. What will make any nation great? The only thing to make a nation truly exceptional is for that nation to walk in a way that makes it clear they are walking in the presence of truth and grace, the presence of faith and hope and love, that they are a nation of people who know God. In this way, Moses says, we will be distinct if we walk in your presence. I and your people from every people on the face of the earth. Show me your ways, Moses says. And then when I have understood God's ways, which are above our ways, the foolishness of God, which is greater than human wisdom, then I need the audacity to ask God to walk with me. And then Moses' final demand, made out of the maturity he has gained by walking with God, Moses dares to say to God, show me your glory. God's glory. What a prayer. Like millions of people across the United States, Amy and I anticipated August the 21st of this year with eager expectation. We drove to Greenville, South Carolina and filed into a crowded football stadium and our anticipation rose to fever pitch as the Furman University marching band built the powerful chords of the fanfare of Richard Strauss's Also Sprock Zarathustra, that theme that has become known by the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. And when the band had quieted and that eerie visual hush had fallen over the land, a seasoned professor of astronomy invited all the fans in that stadium to take off those weird glasses we were wearing and to look up and to stare directly into the sun. It was incredible. I had heard people talk about becoming emotional, seeing a total eclipse. Well, you know me. It happened. Chills, that aggravating lump in my throat. I have never seen anything like it. I have never experienced a natural phenomenon with such overcoming power. Or maybe I should say I have never seen nothing like it. Or I have never not seen anything like it. Because you can only look at the sun when you cannot really see the sun. It will literally blind you to open your eyes to the sun's brilliance unless it is shrouded. So God says to Moses, you can look, but for your own good for your own safety, for your own physical or emotional or psychic or spiritual protection, I will cover you with my hand. 
Then when I'm gone, you can catch a hint. You know, what would really happen if you really saw God? What would your friends think when you tried to tell them? Would you ever be able to come back down and relate again on earth? Would you instantly be revered as a spiritual giant or would you suddenly be dismissed out of hand as some kind of psychotic nutcase if you saw God? Like that incredible story of the road to Emmaus in the New Testament, maybe not seeing is for our own frail protection. The resurrected Christ comes alongside two disciples as they walk that day from Jerusalem, overwhelmed by the events they had just seen. Christ teaches them, though they have no idea to whom they are talking, no idea what they are seeing. They invite him to dinner, and he joins them at the table, and he breaks the bread, and he blesses it, and then their eyes are opened only as he disappears from their sight. And they lament, were not our hearts burning within us when he was with us? Why could we not see him? But they could not see until he was gone. This ancient sage says, if you want to see God, if you want to see God, you will have to approach God with great confidence. You will have to be demanding and unrelenting and resilient, and you will have to be a student at the same time. And when you have learned God's ways, you will have to boldly ask God to walk with you. So humbly, so humbly that you will be able to admit that the presence of God and nothing else in your life, not your money, and not your security, and not your accomplishments, and not your name. The presence of God alone can set you apart. And then, if you've come to that humility, then, if you dare, you can ask to see God. That's the confidence. And here's the challenge. I don't know how much of God you will ever see if you will ever see God. The agnostic author Robert Wright says the evidence of God is ambiguous at best, but his hope is powerful that maybe we, with whatever hint we have known, maybe we will be able to construct clearer evidence for future generations, for to have found God is just the beginning. This odd, deeply philosophical text from an ancient world dares even 21st century Christians to be content with the most ambiguous of evidence because the journey that teaches us to do justice and love mercy, the journey that teaches us to walk humbly, this journey toward God, well, the journey itself may be all of God that most of us can really handle. God bless your journey. May it be so.
We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.